I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Coming to you live from beneath the ruins of Valve, it's Puckle Movie Club. And welcome to Puckle Movie Club. I am your host, Ethan, here today with my co-host, Locke. And we're here to discuss uh, a Pokemon movie, um, perhaps a, a lesser known one, maybe? It's a, it's, I would think it's a little lesser known. It's certainly not I didn't a mainline know about movie. It. <laughs> um, this is uh, Pokemon Mewtwo Returns, uh, which is actually just called Mewtwo Returns, I believe. I'm actually going to have to look that up because I haven't looked up the actual official name. Uh, I do not remember a title screen showing both Pokemon and Mewtwo Returns. It just says Mewtwo Returns on Bulbapedia, so I'm going to choose to to believe that. Um, But yeah, this is a sequel to uh, a Pokemon movie you've already covered. Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Um, And I think this is uh, actually kind of a decent setup for something we're going to be doing the first month of, uh, or the first three months of next year, which is we're going to be covering a trilogy in the uh, near future. So yeah, um, I figured it was kind of of apt to to do a, a sequel. Uh, and examine like what what does a Pokemon movie sequel actually look like, you know, and uh, what how how coherent is the through line in these movies? Um, Spoiler alert: Unlike most Pokemon movies, they do this extremely well. All right, yeah, so we're getting getting the hot opinions in there right away because we got pretty strong opinions about this movie. Um, movie, of course, uh, came out in uh, came out two thousand one, December fifth, in the states. Uh, so you know, two years after the the first one, this sets you right in Johto. We're we're in Johto for this movie. Um, what was going on for you in two thousand one? Two thousand one. Um, I don't remember. Um, that's jumping way back to. I suppose I was playing Silver and Gold. Um. So I would have still been in middle school, probably. I was a baby. I was functionally a baby because I was six years old. <laughs> That's I, I just assume anybody under the age of like ten is a, is an infant. They cannot look that, out for themselves at all. That makes sense. Um, I'm pretty sure I was in about middle school at that point because I remember uh, sixth grade for me is when uh, Red and Blue came out. So Gold and Silver, which would be our Johto region would have been the 2000s and that is probably what i was playing at the time all right i know for a fact i was playing that crystal so because uh, i think that was 2000 like late 2001 so uh, mm-hmm. anyways are you ready to get into the uh, actual story absolutely okay so the film opens with a recap of the first movie done with a monologue by mewtwo um uh yeah it's a it's it pretty much covers the entire thing from his perspective. A uh, little bit redundant, because I think it should be assumed that you've seen the first movie. But uh, what do you think about this? Um, considering it's the only direct movie sequel up to this point, I think it's really nice that they uh, made sure you were aware that it was, in fact, a sequel. Um, because, I mean, even though it was a couple years only a couple years for uh, the people watching the movies as they came out. 
Um, this one I don't think was a theater release. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure this was either a VHS or like maybe it aired on television or something. I know on, in Japan it aired on TV first. Um, but yeah, it's not quite a it's not like a mainline Pokemon movie, so uh, it's it's somewhat distinct in that regard. But uh, I don't know. I, I I think it's a pretty well done recap of the first movie. It covers it hits the main parts. Kind of um, kind of makes Ash seem like a like a, a savior type figure. Which I guess that was kind of what they were going for in the first movie, but it's a little bit amped up. Um, yeah. And uh, kind of like some retroactive changes to what exactly was going on between Mewtwo and Mew, but whatever, what are you going to do? Um, so yeah, uh, the movie opens with, with the recap, and uh, uh, Mewtwo says now that Giovanni is the only one who is aware that Mewtwo exists, and uh, Giovanni pretty abruptly finds him, he locates him in the... In the uh, this barren wasteland apparently but it's not really a barren wasteland like they say it's un the, the the scientists say it's uninhabitable that giovanni's with but um i don't buy it one bit yeah given uh the the what we learn later in the movie it seems a little ridiculous that they would say it was completely uninhabitable i understand it's surrounded by the gale force winds and shifting weather but other than that there's nothing that makes this uh an uninhabitable area. Um, I was amused and slightly disappointed that as they kept zooming in on the satellite, we did not have a Team Rocket grunt going like, enhance, click, enhance, click. Yeah, um, yeah. It, we're right into it, though. We immediately get exactly what the conflict is, which is Giovanni wants Mewtwo again, uh, and qu- Mewtwo quite literally returns. So uh, we get Mewtwo on a cliffside monologuing about how he doesn't belong in the world and, uh, like, what is his place? And pretty touching on the similar themes as as he was touching on the end of the last movie. Um, he's trying to find a home for him and his clones, and he thinks he might have finally found it uh, in this. He is, Go ahead. He's very much brooding. Uh, he, he is all of the... Uh, edgelord that we expect him to be get ready for a whole lot of brooding and cliff sides and talking to his disciples and stuff uh so yeah um from there we go to ash and co who are uh visiting purity canyon which is like the, this this allegedly very beautiful stunning natural landscape and um there there's a bus that runs um once a month and they're just moments too late getting to it uh, I forgot to mention, I'd be remiss not to make note of the fact that uh, this is the infamous drying pan scene happens here. Yes. Where they get the, the, the weather kicks up because this is a, a part of this beautiful location is that the weather is totally nuts and unpredictable. And they were uh, woefully unprepared for this, but Brock's got the drying pan, so that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, they missed the bus to Purity Canyon, but um, they, they meet this woman, Luna. Uh, who just got off of the bus, and uh, Brock makes a pass at her, of course, of course. Of um, course. And uh, this is where we get the line that you were super fond of, uh, I smell what oh, you're yes. cooking, Brock. Uh, very Can nice. you smell what Brock is cooking? He's cooking up a hot, <laughs> hot brew of love, or he wants to. Um, yeah, so he, he. I think this is actually one of the funnier movies for Brock. In it terms is. Of, this... He gets some decent goofs. Uh, it, the whole movie has pretty decent goofs. There wasn't any of them that I that I just was like, no, this this was a terrible. I think this is the last hurrah of Pokemon's good pun game before it mm-hmm. just becomes a little bit ridiculous throughout the rest of the movies. It's they're, like they're not as much of a stretch, you know. Like the jokes make right. sense, and they're not like uh, overly corny or anything, which I think is great. Um, but yeah, Luna invites them into this this cabin, which uh, is set up by the bus company in case you miss the bus, and you can wait there for an entire month in this cabin for the next bus. This is a poorly run operation. If, I know, like the, the who pays for this? Like, wait, is, is this, this our is this a part of the socialist work? Pokemon world at, at at work here? Like, is this just another another government run agency that's a total disaster? Uh, anyways. Um, so fortunately for, for, for Ashiko, they, they missed the bus because the bus gets thrown into the air by a gigantic gust of wind. Uh, and then mysteriously the bus gets slowly dropped back down on the ground. And we learned that, uh, Mewtwo stopped the bus from falling off the cliff and his disciples, 
yes. And uh, he's, he sees him from afar. He's like, uh, the, and his disciples are like, hey, did you do that because you care about people? And he's like, absolutely not. I could never care about people. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a brooding monster. Um, but do I care about people? <laughs> impossible. I could never care about people. Uh, so we go back to the cabin, and Luna explains um, how they got to wait for a month, as we, we said. Uh, but she's like, hey, do you want to drink some incredibly pure water? Like, it's the, the thing about this place is that it has this amazingly pure water, which is supposed to have healing properties or whatever. And um, they all get a taste of it, and they all start absolutely tripping. They're tripping like crazy. Except Ash, who is totally immune. It's because Ash is straight edge. Uh, that's that's probable. Uh, that's the, <laughs> If it's can, not Pokemon, he don't need it. You can find my anti-drug Ash uh, fanfic on pokefix.org or whatever um uh anyways on on the dark side of puckle yes puckled after dark um which is presented by puckle movie club um so they're like hey uh is there any other way for us to get to this this uh valley or canyon um which are two completely different things but uh like yeah you can you can paddle down the river um but uh, so they're like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll pat on the river, and they notice that the water is amazingly clean. And then Brock's like, hey, uh, Misty, I know you don't like bug Pokemon. Uh, bugs love really clear water, and she's like, no, it's fine. I'm not afraid of bug Pokemon. And then a whole bunch of uh, bee drills and and everything come out of the trees, and uh, Misty freaks out, and they head back to the cabin. Remember uh, this, because it's important later. Yes. Um, so they're like, okay, is there another option? Because we've exhausted two of them. And he's like, yeah, you, you, the Luna's like, you could go over Mount Cana, uh, which is, I was wondering how you would spell Mount Cana, but it's Q-U-E-N-A, apparently. Okay. Yeah, I was that a is bit, not... <laughs> it's caught off guard. Um, given given the, uh, the Japanese that I do know, I would have expected it to be K-E-I-N-A. Yeah, that's basically where my, my mind went as well. I was expecting a, a more traditional Japanese spelling of it but nope we get QEs in there because English um, so we go back to Mewtwo and he continues to talk about how clones are unlike other Pokemon and they don't belong we're again getting a bit getting a bit redundant here uh, Meowth talks about how all Pokemon see the same moon and how that's beautiful and stuff uh, kind of recapping what uh, our Meowth um, th- this, the Meowth that's talking to, to Mewtwo is Meowth 2 um, by the way, that's what it says on the, the on Bulbapedia anyway. I just called him uh, Fake Meowth in my notes. Um, but yeah, we, we, we recap the, the moon thing from the end of the first movie. Um, so yeah, uh, everything's going well at the cabin. Uh, Colin, a hot scientist dude, and Domino, a ditzy girl, come to the cabin. Um, and it is, Colin's like, hey, I'm here to study the water. Uh, and he basically gets nothing to do in the rest of the movie. Uh, are you dropping out? I I was, yes. Okay, I got it fixed. You're back again. Uh, did you have yeah. anything you wanted to say about the... Um, no, I think you got it. <laughs> All right, great. I, w- um, I was still able to hear. It was just jumping. Okay, excellent. Um, so, yeah, Colin came to study the water, um, and that's basically as much a character as he gets, uh, except that, he, that he's hot and that uh, girls want him. Uh, Team Rocket shows up to the, the, the fanfare of popping firecrackers, which is uh, actually really funny. It's just like this little string of firecrackers on the ground, which kind of shows how little budget they have at this point. They're like so low on the totem yes. pole at, at Team Rocket that all they can get is firecrackers. It's uh, quite sad. Um, so yeah, Team Rocket has electricity absorbing wire, and they steal Pikachu, and uh, they they break out of the... Uh, they, 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 get a, they, they leave in a um, new and improved... Meowth balloon, um, which was kind of cool. It's got rockets on the side of it and stuff. Outside, outside of the uh, weather issue, this is the best plan they've ever had. I would say so. They they brought something to finally counter Pikachu, um, and they've got a decent mode of transportation now. Uh, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't end up super well as the balloon gets tossed around by the crazy air currents and um, yeah. Uh, so. The crew goes after them, like because they're. I think Team Rocket's is going to go to the to the uh, to the spring or whatever, right? Yes. Um. So the 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 gang goes to climb the mountain and chase after them, but um, 
then uh, the, the Team Rocket's balloon crashes into the to where their their line is, and then they get taken away. Like like their line is attached to the balloon in this crazy set piece moment. Um, and uh, Domino rev- displays an impressive feat of evasion uh, while they're climbing, and uh, like a like a rock's gonna run her over, and she manages to get out of the way. Um, yeah, and this is when G- Domino reveals herself to be evil, which is not like a super huge payoff because we've only known her for what ten minutes at this point, right? And she gave a small hint of it when uh, Team Rocket appeared, and she was like, "Who are these guys?" Yeah, uh, she's not super great at keeping her cover, but. Uh, I forgot to mention, uh, Giovanni is just so, so, so evil. Um, he, he, like, Domino phones in that she sees Mewtwo, like, way in the distance, and then uh, Giovanni gets the call, and he crushes a glass, like, in his, with his yeah. bare hand. He's extremely wasteful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're so rich, what's one glass to you anyway? It's probably, like, 500-year-old bourbon or something, and he's just... Wasting. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it was something super good, and now it's all over the floor. Just, he probably just had like a bottle of cheap Fireball, and he picked up that glass at Walmart or something. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, so the Team Rocket combat unit is called in, and it's like way more frightening than any of the other Team Rocket stuff we've ever seen before. And Meowth yes. makes note of this in a in a moment I actually really like, where he's like, "Where are the Meowth Meowth head balloons?" Because um, it, you know they've got these this actual. Uh, weaponry and military gear and stuff and it's just it's far more menacing um and i i do appreciate meowth like making note of like the stakes are it's no longer like the cute team rocket that we've always known this is a more um a little bit more evil yeah Yeah, most definitely um so the black tulip which is another name for 009 she has like three code names in this movie and people will refer to her as like all three of these different names throughout the movie she gets called the Black Tulip, she gets called 009, she gets called Domino. Uh, but anyways, she she throws a Black Tulip, her namesake, at the at Team Rocket's balloon and brings it down. Uh, and then Pikachu manages to escape after the crash. She's an awful human. <laughs> she's, she's truly terrible. Because, like, there's not only does she not have any remorse, she seems to really love being as bad as possible. We'll get into this right. later. I think, um, but yeah, um, yeah. Cause she's like, Hey guys, great job. on being terrible. Now I'm going to kill your balloon and I'm going to run away. Yep. Um, so, uh, clone shoe, which is my name for, for the second Pikachu, even though his name's Pikachu too, it just doesn't have I the same ring to it. Pikachu would be a better, uh, Pikachu is pretty good. Pikachu. Pikachu. Yeah. Okay. So Pikachu shows up and he's not happy about seeing, um, our Pikachu again. Um, which is somewhat irrational, I'd say. Yes, and one of the things that I, I noticed that made me very happy is they painstakingly made sure to have the little details that specified this is a clone Pokemon versus this is the regular Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like how Pikachu had his little spiky ears instead of the uh, um, straight cut black line, and then Charizard had like his tiger markings and all that. Mm-hmm. I was I was very appreciative of of the acknowledgement of that. Making, from the first movie. maintaining the continuities i mean it's pretty strong like the a lot of them maintain their i mean they maintain their personalities from the first movie too Clo- uh, uh pikachu or what, what did we go with Clo- pikachu pikachu uh pikachu is a little bit spunkier than pikachu is uh, if you remember sparky from the from the show yes um, uh it's kind of like that you know a little bit more edgy uh a little bit more hardcore um but yeah so uh um Clone Pikachu shows up and he's and he's he's hollering at Pikachu about like, hey, why'd you come here? But he does he know that that everyone got their memories wiped? I have to imagine, right? I'm not sure. Um, I think that might have been uh, something that Mewtwo didn't tell anybody because I mean, realistically, Mewtwo doesn't have a reason to tell any of the clone Pokemon that he did that because he's just gonna take them away and hope that no one ever finds them. So. It might have just been something that he didn't think about having to tell them. I guess they're not as highly intelligent as he is either. I I wonder what the intelligence like curve looks like in Pokemon. Do you think there's information out there like that for like which Pokemon are just generally the more intelligent? Because every Pikachu we've encountered like in the anime has a personality to it, you know? Right. Uh, like Me- Meowth seem to have like a lot of personality to them. 
Um, I digress. That's that's a thought for another time. It's a but good yeah. digression. Uh, yeah, I, I I would like to address that at some point. Just like, hey, which which Pokemon seem to be like they have the most to do? Um, I mean, we know that like Lucario can communicate telepathically, but uh, there are telepathic Pokemon that can't speak English, like like uh, Latios and Latias. I don't know. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I I wonder if that's information we could locate. Anyways, um, so Clone Chew goes to attack Pikachu. And Mewtwo holds him back uh, with the psychic power, saying, there's no point in fighting, they're identical, it'll just go on forever, which is basically what happened at the end of the first first movie. Um, and uh, there's like a splinter cell of um, clones that Clone Chew kind of brings together. They're like, hey, we're going to go to war against Team Rocket, which I think is really funny. Um and he's like, hey, I, I don't want to be on... Clone Chew's like, I don't want to be on the run forever. I want to be able to live freely and appreciate all of the things that this beautiful Earth has for us. And then we're given some images of, like, the beauty of nature, which is kind of weird. I really <laughs> dug it. I, it's really, like, um, art film, if that makes sense. No, yeah, I, I, I follow. It's almost like uh, Malik, Terrence Malickian in some sense, you know? Like, it's... it's uh, an optimistic like landscape and uh, I, I dug it. I, I, it was different than what we've seen before in Pokemon movies. And I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, the movie as a whole has a lot more deeper uh, aspects to it. Yeah. I just think there's like more grit to this movie. Um, but yeah. So uh, Jesse hears this whole conversation, I guess, or did uh, Mewtwo or Meowth translated for her. I imagine Meowth translated everything. Okay. Um, it was my one my one thing that I was like, you know, this was unnecessary. But I guess because Team Rocket was there, they had to have somebody translate it for the uh, puny human brains. I don't think that, like... Um, uh, Jesse says that she's always been a misfit since she was a little girl, and, well, maybe you shouldn't have been a criminal then. How about that? <laughs> you ever consider that? What, did we know her backstory, right? Wasn't she... Was it, was it James was super rich? James was super rich. Uh, Jesse was in like a prep school or something like that. And um, all the other, if I remember correctly, all the other girls were like super mean to her at first. Fair enough. So I guess guess there is precedent there. I I just kind of like, um, if you wanted to be accepted, you could have taken a different career path, perhaps be a doctor. Or a youth group minister, any number of potential careers (laughs) that are more respectable than being with Team Rocket. Um but I guess she probably internalized most of that abuse she took when she was young. Yeah, and and I mean Jesse is a prime example of um, turning to of a person turning to the first thing that accepts them. So Team Rocket accepted her despite her being what um, as she believed to be a misfit. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it was worth devoting herself to because they accepted who she was. Even even if they still call her a failure within Team Rocket, they never kick them out yeah they, she gets to keep the uniform um but yeah I, I i guess i never really thought about that that's actually pretty good that's pretty good pokemon this is when like they were they were really into the like into the canon and cared about the things that happened in the show in the movies if that makes sense um that's that's pretty yeah. good uh anyways let's let's move on from that from that nice little diversion that was good um so uh giovanni plans to attack at sunrise which is pretty hardcore uh, I don't know why he decided to do it at sunrise, but it seems kind of arbitrary to me because they're they're going to be able to bring him down no matter what I'd imagine. Um, so the gang yeah. builds a, a, a canoe out of a log, which is pretty smart. It's pretty good thinking. Uh, that was Luna's idea though, because no, I can't, can't imagine any of the gang coming up with something that rational. Uh, and then this is where um, uh, Team Rocket gets locked up by um, they get they get ro- locked up by actual Team Rocket, right? Yes. Uh, well, first they get locked up by uh, Mewtwo's clone Pokemon friends. Right. Um, and Meowth is all like, if I do my job translating for them, for the humans, then you guys get to go free eventually. He, he sells them out pretty quick. I like I, But I guess he does ultimately want to like, help him. His goal is to like help him out until he gets to have some pull and then they can have Team Rocket released. Uh but yeah, there's so many narrative beats in this movie. Gosh darn, man. Yeah, and at some point, I don't remember when it was. It was a little bit earlier than this, but it was a quote that I, I 
wrote down and then forgot to mention. Um, Meowth says something about no. Was it Meowth or was it James? One of those two said something about the, it feeling like a sequel to a movie that they missed. That is James, I think. And I thought that was, again, it's it's a cute little throwback. And they really make a ton of references um, uh, to, like, their memory, memories being gone in this movie, like, throughout the right. course of the entire thing. It's a central, almost a central plot point that they don't know that they've been through this before. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a cute, fun little line. Again, it's like the the jokes are simple, but they're really they're, they're more effective than any of the other jokes in the the other movies. Um, um I would argue that the jokes in this movie are more effective than the jokes in the first movie. Absolutely, I, th- I think this is the funniest of the movies so far. Because um, you get you get the drawing pan line. You get the, the, the line about, you know, it feels like a, a sequel to a movie is missed. It's, you know, like a little meta humor. It's good. I, I, I think it's effective. Um, yeah, so it's, it's time for the clones to head off to war. And with that note, we're going we're gonna to go to a commercial break. Hey, this is Ethan from Puckle Movie Club with a quick commercial break. Just letting you know that if you send an email to pucklepodcast at gmail.com, we will answer your questions. So ask us questions about what we think about movies. Tell us what you think about movies. Even just send us whatever you're up to. Gmail account is pucklepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Thatch, and I wanted to let you know how you can improve your Puckle experience. First, you can come to pucklepodcast.com where we have a chat box and forums where you can talk to many other Pokemon fans who also listen to the show. You can keep up to date on the latest Puckle news by following us on our Twitter, liking our Facebook page, subscribing to our subreddit, and following our Tumblr. Don't forget to review us on iTunes, though. It helps us find more people to come and hang out with us, and we can have larger tournaments because of it. And, if you're feeling generous, we also have a Patreon, where you can donate in return for some awesome rewards. And as always, thanks for listening, and for all the support you give us. Catch you guys on the flip-flop. And we're back! Uh, here to break down the second half of the, the, the movie. Um, we uh, took to got some stretching in during the break, worked on some technical things. Uh, we were having some recording issues with, with Skype and all that, so uh, Locke's going to be phoning in from his actual phone. So uh, pardon the slight drop in quality, but as long as you can hear him, it's all, all that matters to me. Mobile co- correspondent Locke reporting in. Live on scene, we've got hot breaking news from Locke. Uh, yeah, I climbed the the Kana, uh, the Kana Mountain just for you. That uh, what's the wind like up there? It's awful. I've seen at least three Meowth balloons flying by. It might have been the same one though. Got caught up in a in a spiral or something. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, back to the actual narrative. So, when we left our our heroes, they were making their way down river, uh, the Purity River, in their makeshift boat. And, um, so they make it to the, to the spring that's the source of the Purity River. And then when they get there, they talk about the moral implications of having, um, a resource like that available to the public because it's this super pristine place that, like, apparently has healing properties. But if you make it open to the public, it's going to become polluted and lose what makes it so magical. Um, what I found funny about, uh, this section was it's the one point of the movie where I feel like Luna's personality kind of shifts because she's totally gung-ho about being like, hey, taste this awesome water, guys. Mm-hmm. And now she's all like, but don't like let people know about the awesome water. I guess the thing is is that like when they were downriver, it wasn't actually going to affect the spring itself. You know, they're just taking the runoff from the, from the spring. So that's, that's probably true. it's, but this is like the heart, you know. This is where the source is, you know, and you gotta protect that. Um, yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty heady issue for a Pokemon movie to have, like the moral implications of of making this accessible to everyone, because it could have this amazing benefit to to, to everyone around the world and be like a medical miracle, as Colin says. But at the same time, you could end up destroying what made it a miracle in the first place. Yes, and. This is one of the first of a few uh, current event parallels that you get to see um, when you look towards uh, our world with the North Dakota Access Pipeline and how uh, Luna shows extreme deference for the cleanliness of this pure water and we're currently fighting for that exact thing uh, in North Dakota. It's topical, man. It's relevant. 
it's uh it's 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 a timeless movie because there will always be issues where like hey what do we do we destroy this natural resource for our own benefit and uh this i think according to this movie the answer is no um but we'll get into that at the end of the movie um so back with the clones uh they start to lose the, the the like the splinter cell of clones uh lose their battle against team rocket badly like they're all wiped out and in pokeballs within like five ten minutes yeah and i i want i want rocket balls they look <laughs> they hardcore the, yeah they're pretty sweet like as far as evil organization pokeballs go they are top notch oh yeah they're just they're just so evil looking um so yeah team rocket's using like these um energy balls fired out of like helicopters to drain the Pokemon of their energy, and it's making them like super easy to capture, and it's just uh, it's like cheating, man. It uh, is. It's, Team it's Rocket doesn't play cheating. by the rules. Yeah, um, and Double O Nine says something about that at one point. She's like, "I know trainers catch them in Pokeballs, but I like our way better." And I'm like, "Wow, you're just so evil." <laughs> she's such a monster. Um. So yeah, Mewtwo confronts Giovanni like after seeing the 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 splinter cell of clones get taken out and uh giovanni hollers about how uh sick and nasty all of his new tech is and there's no way he can resist um and then uh we we get a new way another wave of team rocket uh combat unit people who fly in and hang gliders and blimps and their 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 express purpose is to capture the rest of the clones and this is supposed to like goad mewtwo into into turning himself over because if he doesn't all of his clone buddies will be captured and um, it works. <laughs> it to- totally works. Uh, Mewtwo decides to turn himself in, and Double um, uh, O Nine threatens at one point to, to uh, t- that she doesn't care if the clones are destroyed because they they can always make more, which is like really hard. That's that's some that's uh quite the quite the the threat to make. I know. Um, and this is this is. I mean, she even goes as far as shooting uh, Pikachu and Pikachu. Um, with her little energy blast mm. tulip thing. Yeah. And they're uh, at the point where Mewtwo surrenders. Uh, they're just like, no, don't do the thing. And it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty, uh, tough scene. It's intense. Um, yeah. So Mewtwo, uh, gives himself in and, and, and Giovanni has this energy ball containment thing. And, um, uh, Mewtwo walks into it, and then Giovanni talks about how evil he is, uh, and just how much he he loves being bad, and how he wants to take over the world and stuff. Um, and uh, at this point, the Pikachu's uh, Pikachu and Pikachu have been uh, taken out by Double O Nine, as you mentioned. And Colin's like, "Hey, we should try to use the natural spring water that we took to uh, to revive the Pikachu's," and it totally works. Uh, but then Double O Nine locks up everyone everyone yeah like, it's it's comical the amount of people that they have in this cage it's pr- they, have they have a they have a full-grown gyarados 50. what's that they have a full-grown gyarados they- <laughs> yeah and, and every protagonist is locked up in this one cell it's it's quite funny um and then team rocket immediately starts constructing their new base uh and yeah which is i'm i'm really jealous because um, Team Rocket can pull together a base in like under a day, and Ohio has been under construction for like ten years now. So <laughs> how do we how do we hire evil people to make our infrastructure? I digress. Well, I mean, and if if they were half as efficient uh, in the games as they are in this movie, then Team Rocket would have won. Oh my gosh, they they have so much technology, and they can just capture whatever they want. Like they're taking down full like pseudo legendary pokemon like it's nothing like gyarados is 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 dropped in two seconds like um how how are you supposed to deal with that uh, but, uh, so, yeah, uh, with love with with love and understanding of course um so uh at this point the bug pokemon come to the rescue because team rocket is already starting to pollute their water supply um which is like the thing that they like about this area so much is that the water is so clean um which I don't is that actually a thing about bugs? Is they like clean water? I thought they like um, standing water that's all super gross and murky. I think it's th- I think 
that it's a, a, a twist that they played on it because I, I think you're correct. At least I know mosquitoes. Um, if there's standing water anywhere around my house, I have to get rid of it because there will be mosquitoes in it. Absolutely. And, and I hate mosquitoes. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a big fan personally. I just, I love those blood suckers and, and how they get all these welts over the summer and how they just have their horrible swimming larva in every puddle near me. That's like yes. my favorite thing. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> So uh, Jesse and James pull one over on double double o nine because uh, th- she's like, "Hey, s- she's having them clean the floor of the new um, yes of their new <laughs> facility." But they do such a good job; the floor is totally slippery, and she 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 eats it. She she falls on her butt. Yes, this is um, as soon as the they start escaping. Um, this is when uh, Domino ends up falling over like a domino, mm. and uh, and. One of the second best puns in the entire movie happens. Um, she falls headfirst into the cleaning bucket, and James goes, "Oh, you're looking a little pale." And I'm like, "That is great." It's very strong puns in this movie. Um, so yeah, we go, we go back to uh, Giovanni and Mewtwo and their struggle. And uh, at this point, Ash and Brock are just totally. They're like, okay, we're just gonna start tackling these robots, making the making the force field because we got no better ideas. We're we're out. We're yeah. completely tapped. <laughs> we have an army of Pokemon that haven't even been called out, but we're just gonna start punching machinery. Yep, whatever. <laughs> it's it's useless, but turns out it's useless. It does absolutely nothing. Uh, and then at that point, Mewtwo cranks it to eleven. He's like, "I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna use the last of my energy." Blah! And then he he turns into speed lines, uh, like he becomes all wavy, and it looks really modern and weird for some reason. Um, That's true. Because uh, you, you know you've seen it before if you watch like Garin Lagan or anything like when when characters become all all speed liney and uh, all of their outlines are zigzags. But, yes. Um, uh, it was it's it's too much for him, and uh, breaking out just completely taps him uh, of all of his energy. And then Ash takes Mewtwo to the spring, which uh, which rejuvenates Mewtwo. Um, and we get that moral quandary again, um, where uh, the professor guy whose name I never got because Colin he was Colin Col- um, Colin 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 is all like, but if you throw him in there, it might contaminate the water. And for the humans, because humans need it. But if and but if Mewtwo doesn't get thrown in the water, then this entire place will be destroyed by Team Rocket. I mean, yeah. Ash doesn't even bother with a logical argument, though. He just goes, but Mewtwo needs it now! And throws Mewtwo. It's true, he does need it now. Um... But yeah, Mewtwo and Giovanni have a final showdown, and uh, every and then and then uh, is a Team Rocket falls asleep or gets knocked out or whatever. It's um, Mewtwo bursts from the water after having like a dream, and then he's all like, "If this water tr- heals me like it heals real Pokemon, then I must have a place in this world." And he right. comes out all like Kaioken Super Saiyan going on, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, "Hey guys, uh." This is this, I'm gonna end this right now, and literally he ends it right now. Because mm-hmm. the next scene is the wreckage of Team Rocket, and the entire spring and all the Pokemon just gone. Uh, these the scene of Mewtwo coming out of the water and going all Super Saiyan is pretty great uh, in terms of like in in the canon of Pokemon Super Saiyan moments. I'd say it's probably one of the better ones. Um, yes, it's better than Ash becoming a Super Saiyan. Uh, actually, I don't know. That has its own value, but uh, in terms of ones that are supposed to be taken seriously, I say this one is the most effective. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, um, so night has fallen, and they wake up the next day, and uh, the all of the water is gone. And they're like, where'd the water go? And Mewtwo's like, hey, I put it under Mount Kena so, so that nobody could touch it anymore. Uh, which is, a, I mean, I guess it's a decent plan. I I it wouldn't be my first choice, but he could be like. A I would never of it. guess that. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, my first instinct would not be like he must have gone underground. It would. It would be like no, he's just gone. We're never gonna find him. Yeah, 
Um, but he, he, he could be like a protector. I, I don't know. Like, because if he cares about it this much, and if it's that, like, it's the thing that makes him realize that he has a place in this world. You think he would want to maintain it and keep it cool? Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So he moved under Mount Cana, and then uh, Colin has like a little vial of the water left, and he's like, "Hey, maybe I could synthesize some of this in a lab." Um, <laughs> um, which is like, so, you could have done that. Is... Then why would you make this a like a resort where people go to anyway? Yeah, this is this is Colin's moment of realizing that you do not have to exploit the wealth of nature to uh, further humans when you can do a little more work to achieve the same goal and still preserve it. Well, I guess I don't have to destroy the planet, you know, like, but whatever. I, I guess it, guess it works out for him. Uh, and then Mewtwo's like, hey, I'm going to erase everyone's memories again. And then uh, Meowth, too, uh, convinces him not to. He's like, hey. Uh, how about you just erase the memories of people who don't like us? Because these guys are our friends. Yeah, and, and um, Ash and Misty are all like, yeah, we should totally be allowed to remember. And um, and uh, Mewtwo decides, okay, that's what we'll do then. And he, is, he gives uh, one of the best lines that has been in any Pokemon movie. Um, do you want to hit me with he it? Sa- yes, uh, he says that um, basically that the pe- the past cannot haunt them because the shame of that past is not ours. It belongs to those who use that past to set us apart. It's deep, man. Which I think is super powerful and, again, ties into current events with the current uh, division in our country. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, we we decided we were, we weren't afraid to get a little bit topical this episode, but yeah, there there is relevancy to like, um, the it's not it's not our shame. It's it's the people that keep us apart that that should be the ones who who are there. It's their past that's shameful, and that we're we belong in this world like everyone else. Which is it's a nice message. It's good. Um, yeah, it's 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 the people who can accept other people shouldn't be ashamed of the people who can't. Because it is their their shame to bear, not ours. Yeah. Because we have moved on, we have succeeded where they are failing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, it's it's not. Anyways, um, just so, be good to to each other, people. Be, like be seriously, to each other. In the words of just Abraham be excellent. Um, so yeah, the clones leave again. Uh, you two, this is it's basically exactly how the second the first movie ended, where they all go flying away into the night. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and uh so yeah, then so their their story's done and then Colin and Luna get together, which is fun, I guess. It doesn't really at Colin and Lu- Colin and Luna as characters don't really amount to much. Um, no. But whatever. <laughs> it's cute, I guess. Oh. And Ash says something about remembering this time. Yes. Uh which leads me to believe that Mewtwo told them about last time. But it never happens. Apparently, that's a dub exclusive thing. By the way, I I looked that up. Interesting. Yeah. Um, or maybe Ash remembered the whole time. Um. Who knows? Uh. So yeah. Um. Uh. Ash hears uh hears Mewtwo talking, and he's like, "Hey, I thought I heard something, but maybe it was just my memory." And then the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a little—it's kind of a weird way to end in terms of like that's not the strongest line in the movie. <laughs> no, this is the weakest part of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because then like the clones fly away and Ash just says something stupid and it's all kind of like, oh man, really? After yeah, all we, that, we did not need that one little scene to mess up an otherwise excellent movie. <laughs> so do you want to let's let's break this down? Let's analyze this. Like, so what? What? What do you think this movie does right? It it does everything a sequel needs to do to improve upon the story of the original. Mm-hmm. Um, it other than having to have a montage, which was probably not necessary at the beginning to remind you what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, if without it, some people would have been left behind. So I understand why why they include that, but it's. Uh, does enough in exposition 
to explain why Mewtwo's here even without that montage and why he's hiding from humans. Um, it, it, it just does a lot of things correct. It hangs on to the, the through line from the previous movie without beating you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it expounds upon it because the whole point in the first movie was humans suck. And the whole point in this movie is humans don't understand us, which I think is a significant indication of the growth that Mewtwo continues to have throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right in the in terms of like it works as a sequel and then it um, it it takes the characters from the first movie and it, it has them like evolve in some ways. And you yes. kind of see like the evolution in uh Pikachu and uh, Meowth 2 in terms of like they're they seem to be Mewtwo's closest allies which is really cool and like they're there is is almost as consorts and um I don't know it, it, it gives them a new role uh and Mewtwo continuing to evolve and like understand the world is interesting um but if I have to make a complaint about this movie it's that the storylines don't come together in a way that's very satisfying to me. I can understand that. I, I I think that the story about like this magical spring and protecting it is almost like secondary to Mewtwo's storyline. So that when the two come together it just feels like um it's lessening Mewtwo's arc, if that makes sense. But. Yeah, I, I think much like many of the Pokemon movies um, where a legendary takes the primary role, um, the writers decided we have to give Ash and Co. something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was uh, was Manaphy where they had like Ash and... Uh, it was may at that point doing something completely useless to the main story. Um, Mm -hmm. because Manaphy was already off dealing with stuff that was important. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that they have issues with like giving, giving them something to do that's relevant. And I think that they're, I, I don't think it's bad in its own right. Like, I think it's a pretty functional little side story. Like it would be a decent episode, you know? Right. But then when you expand it to the course of a whole movie and then you have like a way more interesting um storyline going on from YouTube the whole time it just kind of loses its its uh its zest, you know. Uh and I think a part of that might just be that the location itself isn't super distinct. You know, like it's it's a what what is it? It's a it's a a spring and like a mountain and I I don't know. They're they're not. It's not a super visually interesting place for them to be, but at the same time, like all of the story beats work well. Um, it's funnier than any of the previous Pokemon movies that we've watched. I'd say. Um, I I don't know. I think the strength of writing is stronger in this, but it just could have used like uh, another twist if that makes sense. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Um... As far as far as Pokemon movies that go, though, I feel that this is one of the most successful overall. Absolutely, I'm not. I don't say these things in terms of like. I say this. These criticisms are um, less serious than the criticisms I have of previous Pokemon movies because the it functions better than the previous movies do. It's less well, disjointed. Yeah. It's more coherent, and I think. Um, because of that, it kind of leaves me wanting, like, I just wish it had been that little extra step, you know? Like, if it just, it, I get, I get, the movie's only an hour and five minutes, right? So, like... Yeah, it is not very long. Um, I wonder if that almost sort of limits how in-depth their story could have been if they wanted to get that Mewtwo story out. I, I don't know. It's almost there. It's, like, so close to being, like, one of the best Pokemon movies. I mean, it, it probably is, just in terms of, like, for, from my perspective, just in terms of... Um, coherency and and being uh, a, a good watch um like there's never a point in this movie where you're like oh groan this is like the b- most boring part of the movie it, it all moves pretty fast and well and right um it is definitely not uh manaphy's movie <laughs> certainly not no <laughs> um, um but i the, think 
I think but, one of the um, highest praises that we can really give it is the fact that we're not comparing it, uh, we're not rating it compared to other Pokemon movies. We're we're looking at it and coming at it as a movie in itself, yeah. compared to movies as a whole, not just Pokemon movies. Yeah. Which means that it is head and shoulders above a majority of the ones available. Absolutely, and like most of my gripes are with, um just the effectiveness of um the the like not the narrative but um the 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 messages are there it's just like the at times they ring a bit hollow it's it's again it's so close it's so close to being um head and shoulders above all of the pokemon movies but it's just a little bit off in some places um i just think that the side characters are a little bit weaker um and if you even if like if it had one of the two elements like a a stronger um, B plot for Ash and company or you know or if it had a um, stronger set of side characters who were a bit more memorable I think that would have put it over the top um, but yeah in its own right it is a it's a it's a good watch like I I, um, I, I got a lot of enjoyment out of it yeah I think it's honestly um, given the first movie is probably the best one. This is probably my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like overall it has just the most rewatchability. I think it's the darkest, if that makes sense. It, it is. It is. If not dark, it's definitely the heaviest. Yes, there's. There's. It's. It's handled seriously. Uh, it's right. In spite of being, you know, having like the funniest lines, it's just the actual conflict that Mewtwo is having is it's serious it's a real like internal and external conflict that, that's it's compelling you know um and and that like he's struggling with his own like I don't have a place in this world and then Giovanni pops up again to like remind him that it's it's a reminder to him like hey this is not a safe world for me at this point in time and um it's strong it works yes very much so um and the the fact that Giovanni is a such a clear uh, externalization of Mewtwo's worries Absolutely. about the world. Um, is the, the writers, I, I they needed to use these writers for every movie that came afterwards, and they didn't, and that was a loss on Pokemon's part because yeah, th- this was a wonderful uh, continuation of a very intelligent story and it's sad to see what the movies later become and the sort of stuff we have to sit through <laughs> um i think it, it was really really smart of them to do a uh, a sequel about one of the more interesting facets of the original movie which is the um mewtwo is not of this world and he was created by for for the purpose of destruction and how do you get over your uh, not your your nature, but like what what the destiny that was laid out before you, and like can you overcome that and the struggle that is it's strong, it's a, it's a, it's it's compelling. I like it. Yes, very yeah, much. Yeah, at the, at the risk of sounding redundant, it's 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 just narratively deeper and thematically stronger than previous Pokemon movies we've covered. So we've got one email today, and it's from R Sigma, and uh, here we go. Puckle Movie Club, yo! It's <laughs> a good way to start an email. Uh, Daisy Oak! She's probably the character that appears at the table with the rest of the group. This is in reference to uh, last month's episode um, when when we discussed at Pokemon Origins. There was a girl who had appeared at Professor Oak's table, um, and, uh, and then uh, R Sigma's positing that that's Daisy Oak. Uh, it took me five minutes to remember her name with no outside help, to be fair. In the remakes during Gens 3 and 4, they tried to make her a memorable character. She was given an entry into the fame checker in Fire Red and Leaf Green and gives you Blue's cell number in Heart Gold Soul Server. Besides that, Origins was a solid series to celebrate the old as well as usher us into Gen 6. Keep up the good work, R Sigma. Yeah, thank you for your email, uh, uh, R Sigma. That's a decent insight there. I would, I would not have even... I gave up. I gave up on trying to figure out who that was. So yeah, I uh, I didn't know that she was ever named, so I appreciate the information. <laughs> yeah, I, I I your guess is as good as any. 
Uh, and I think that's that's probably the strongest guess. Uh, we have um, another email, but it's relevant to the rise of Darkrai. So uh, please forgive me. I'm going to save that for uh, when we cover that movie. Uh, that's from Antonin. I, I, I got your email, man. It's it's in here. It's coming. I swear. Uh, so yeah, when when we cover Rise of Darkrai, we'll cover your email. But yeah, thanks for thanks for sending your emails. You can just send them to pucklepodcast at gmail dot com. And uh, let us know. Put put uh, Puckle Movie Club in the in the title or the topic of the email to let us know that that's for us, and uh, we'll read them on the podcast. And um, next month uh, we're going to be covering Generations. So okay, yeah, okay, that's going to be pretty hot. Uh, hopefully, that's going to be another um, uh, another super positive episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, given given what we've seen so far. But I'm not going to go into any details because I want to save it for next month. I'm going to bomb through it as if it's like a movie or something, which is what I did for Origins. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I've seen like two episodes with Thatch because he's like, hey, you got to check this out because this is hot when I was uh, visiting him. And uh, turns out he was totally right. It's It seems really entertaining. They um, are all extremely good. Yeah. So if you have any, any comments or, or uh, thoughts on Pokemon Generation, send them in for next month. And then Rise of Darkrai will be the first thing we cover when we come back next year in January. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for being with me on this episode, Locke. No problem. Thank you for having me on this episode, Ethan. And uh, that's going to do it from Beneath the Ruins of Alf. Uh, I've been Ethan. And I've been Locke. It's closing time. flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.